we have an absolutely beautiful story that's going to be told today. And not just by one person, but three people who are all involved in the story. It's a story of two moms and one girl. And I, I heard about this story through a friend initially, and then through one of the women you're going to meet named Bonnie. And I was so, my heart was just so taken by this story that it occurred to me, I wanted to share it with you. Because this is a story of people who were really lovely, evolved souls that had to go through a rather tragic experience to find their way to one that's now just beautiful in its scope, where it's a story of hope. It's a very complex story. And uh, so without further ado, we're going to go to the three other women, and I will introduce everyone to you. So we have with us Nancy, who's the lady in blue. And Nancy, welcome. And then we have Bonnie, the lady with bangs and in pink. Okay? <laughs> and then we have Kelly, who is the daughter of Bonnie. And Kelly's soul spans the whole story. <laughs> so, first of all, Bonnie, I want to thank you um, for sharing this story uh, with me to begin with about a year ago, and it just never left me. And then we talked about it again recently because we, we live in the same town. Three of us live in the same town. It's a teeny little dot on the map in Northern California. Um, so, Bonnie, thank you for that. And when you and I were talking, what is it that just, like, was leaping forward out of you in this? Oh, it was, it was just such a beautiful, beautiful story. I just, it just warmed my heart, and I was just thinking how blessed we all are to, to have each other and to go through this together, and it was just heartwarming. Yes. I, well, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And I know by the end of this conversations, I think our viewers will also have very full hearts and have a better understanding of how it works with souls and how incarnation paths work. So first of all, we're going to start with you, Nancy, because the story begins with you prior to the birth of Braden, your son. And, how, and tell us what year this was, and then tell us what was happening while the little boy that was to be your son, Braden, was in utero. So when Braden was in utero, I had a very difficult challenge of <clears throat> possibly losing him um, due to a complication in my pregnancy. And <clears throat> through very deep internal conscious work, and the hand of grace, I was able to carry him up to 37 weeks and deliver him, a small but very healthy little boy. So during that challenge, um, I guess in retrospect, I realized that the work that I had to do in the pregnancy to consciously keep him and to also consider what it might be to lose a child like that um, was a good preparation for me for what was to come. I just wanted to interject at this point that you were part of a community that is a large community dedicated to TM, right? Transcendental Meditation. Yes. So 
the raising of your own consciousness was a really key portion of your life, and I believe your husband's too, was it not? Yes. However, when I was pregnant, we weren't in that community quite yet. We moved there when he was about a year old. But we were involved in Transcendental Meditation still at that point. So, so when you, <clears throat> so you'd already been working on yourselves is the point here, and you'd already expanded your awareness and understanding of what life is. Yes, and absolutely. So let, let's go ahead now and talk about some of the dreams, um, the premonition you had before your son was born, and then let's start moving toward the event that occurred. Um, I, I didn't really have a premonition before he was born. Oh, okay. That was afterwards. I think what I I think what I'm referring to is more the feel more the feeling that you had that you might lose this child. So that yes, the premonitions and dreams and such came after that. Okay, okay good. If you would please then continue on and tell us what happened. Okay. Um, so it, it was just um, just I would practice my TM and advanced techniques program during the time that I was pregnant with him. And I felt very connected to this being. Um, however, uh, I just felt very solid and, you know, centered in the fact that I could carry this baby, that he didn't have to come out very early. And, um, you know, indeed, that is what happened. And he was very, very healthy, although small, four and a half pounds when he was born. And people responded to him in a, a very specific way. And I, yeah, I think I've written down here, the name Braden is, means from the wide valley. Yeah. Let's talk about the nature of this little being once he came into the world. This little being was a light being. He was just so tender, so delicate, and yet such a strong presence. And many people referred to him as almost walking on air once he started walking. He, he definitely, I mean, every parent is, is proud of their child. <laughs> but he definitely had an essence that was substantial um, that people noticed. He had a lot of light. And he also had... He seemed to always want to be getting things done, busy. Um, and again, in retrospect, he had a short time, and I think he fulfilled a lot on this earth for himself and for others. And he used to say some things that were really interesting for a little child, right? And let's talk about that, because that starts giving us a hint of what is to come. Yes, so... Um, when he was two, he started doing this commonly, this little dance every few days. He would like dance around and maybe he'd see, hear a bird or see an airplane. And he would say, birds fly, airplanes fly, angels fly. We had a book about angels, but he would emphasize that at the end. And then he would say this unrelated, seemingly unrelated thing. And he would say, I want to be a little girl. 
<laughs> and, you know, we thought it was cute and we didn't take any significance to it. But it definitely, I think, was telling to what his desires were. <laughs> so let's move up to the day, um, the night before, when your husband had a dream. And also, I think it was the day before when... Braden said, I have, uh, my head hurts, I have an owie or so, and let's talk about that. Okay. So it was during the night before his passing that he woke up in the middle of the night crying, and I went in and comforted him, and he kept saying, owie, owie, head hurts, head hurts. And, you know, I comforted him, and he'd had a little cold, but it wasn't, you know, a major illness or anything. And, um, you know, I just comforted him back to sleep. And then also my husband had a dream that same early morning, which he woke up to, and he told me about it and said, you know, I dreamed I was driving down the road and I... Uh, child ran out in front of me and I hit the child but they had seemingly a twin that was still there on the side of the road alive and you know it's a disturbing dream but we you know you have dreams like this sometimes <laughs> so um, I comforted him and you know you, you just don't think that there's some meaning to these things and um, later that morning, um, I was inside. I had a small uh, business of making tofu spread. I was working, and our friend who was visiting was outside with the two little boys, her son and Braden. And they were eating watermelon, and um, it was in June, and riding their little trikey things, and... Um, my husband had gone out to his large vehicle, uh, oversized utility van, and <clears throat> was idling for some time looking at his job description that he was going to. Um, and when he did back out of the driveway, somehow I didn't see it happen, but um, Braden had gotten on his little chubby chopper and ridden behind Rick. And um, I heard, you know, a scream, and I went out, and I saw what had happened, and of course was in shock, but I ran, and I picked him up, and held him, and his spirit immediately left. I could feel it physically leaving. And my husband went inside, and ran around crying and screaming for a while, and then he came out to me as well. And at that time that I felt his presence leave his body, I had a incredible filling of light that came from above and beamed down on me and surrounded me and enveloped me. And in my experience, it is the one time I can say that 
this was an experience of the light of God. What, what happens and what follows this is certainly not something most of us can ever comprehend or understand in terms of the emotional response um, to such an event, especially on the part of your husband named Rick. And this is something that oftentimes tear couples apart when tragedies like this occur. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about how that happened between the two of you. You were people who had vested yourself in expanded consciousness. You felt Braden's little spirit leaving the body. You felt flooded with this beautiful light and you knew something, something else was at play. But let's talk about what followed with Rick and with you. All right. Well, I immediately had the biggest compassion for Rick, for what he was going through. And it, along with this light that stayed with me for a long time, um, I had no thought of blame or, I don't know, it wasn't overwhelming personally to me, although, of course, I was in shock and my heart felt empty. It felt ripped apart. I was still nursing at the time as well. Mm -hmm. And so that was, you know, a very deep bond that we had had just that morning. Um, you know, in, in weeks and months to come, Friends, good close friends from afar who, you know, we told, would connect with me and they would say, are you guys separating? You know, are you getting divorced? Um, it was just so odd to have that question asked. <laughs> and it never, really never was a consideration. Um, we were in it together the whole way. And spiritually, we did have an overarching belief that, you know, there's more to life than this planet and these bodies and that things happen for reasons. So we did have a deep instilled faith of that already. <laughs> um, but we both handled it in such a balanced way I mean I'm not bragging but <laughs> that was that was really what it felt like it felt like okay this has happened you know what is next um, how do we deal with this and there were two things going on one on a higher level where we had that feeling and one on the human level which is why did this happen and oh my god <laughs> you know but our friends, who were also very spiritual people, came to our rescue and, you know, just were around us all the time in, in those first few days and um, gave us so much support and, you know, would cry and often would leave saying, I came to, in, you know, uplift you to support you in this and now I'm leaving feeling inspired because of the light that was shining from us. 
And something within that community happened, I believe it was the next morning, um, where a woman you didn't know from within the community uh, came to you and delivered a message to you. Yes, so she um, came to the door and knocked, and my closest friend who was with me at the time went and answered. And the woman said, I don't know Nancy and Rick, but I've heard of what happened, and I have had a vision of their son, and I'd like to share it with them. And so I said, fine, come in. I was a little taken aback, <laughs> you know, just that, but um, I thought, okay. And so she came in, and um, she was very simple, didn't stay long. She just said, um, I've had a vision of your son, and there's a message for you, and that is that he will be reborn in the form of a little girl within 10 days, and she will find you. Like, okay. <laughs> so it was very interesting. <laughs> that, did that give both you and Rick, um, did you take heart in that message? Was it, did you take it on somewhat seriously when she told you or just left it there, whatever plays out? Yeah. Honestly, we were both a little um, hesitant to, you know, just believe it as fact. Um, we didn't know this woman. Um, you know, we did have some hesitation, I would say, yeah. to adopt that as truth at that point. And, but that being said, every little girl that was born in our community <laughs> in that next year, I would invite myself to come over. <laughs> and, uh, you know, no one was born within 10 days. So that was one piece. I thought, well, time is kind of general sometimes. Right. And, uh, yeah. But I never felt a connection or that that was his soul. You know, I, right. I just never felt that was true, you know, whenever I would visit. <laughs> so time passed, and you did end up having children after this, right? Yes, we had a son and a daughter. Um, we really missed being parents, you know. And it wasn't as though we were trying to replace Braden. We just wanted another child <laughs> to parent. Right. And, uh, so we had a son quite soon, um, 10 months later. Yeah, about 10 months later. And uh, then a daughter a few years after that. And, you know, the bliss of having those children really, you know, filled us up. It was very fulfilling and rewarding to have those kids. And, you know, to have the memory of Braden still be there, but the shock and the tragic part of it to fade. Mm -hmm. Nancy, thank you so much for sharing this part of it. And um, it's just such a tender and touch. it's just so touching on so many levels. Um, and we're going to see as time goes on in this conversation 
where it goes. Mm -hmm. But next, I'd like to jump to you, Kelly, okay? Because you had also been studying TM out in California, right? Yes, and then that took you on your own journey where you ended up one day meeting Nancy. So tell us from your point of view at this time in your life what you were doing, what you'd been up to in terms of expanding your consciousness and awareness through TM, what you were doing, when you, why, you, why you were in the place so that you could have met Nancy, and set us up on this. Great. Um, so... Yeah, I learned Transcendental Meditation at a young age. I actually learned when I was 16. And my dad had learned when he was like 22. So he was um, encouraging my sisters and I to learn Transcendental Meditation. And so I learned when I was 16 and got interested in spirituality young. And I went to college. And during college, I had what I consider my first spiritual awakening. And after that became really devoted to my meditation and my spiritual practice. And um, at the end of 2007, when I believe I was like 24, um, I decided it was time and I needed to devote myself to this full time and have it be my thing. And I, found out that I could go out to Fairfield, Iowa, which was the hub of the Transcendental Meditation community, and participate in learning these advanced techniques, and then join this program where I was meditating seven hours a day, seven days a week for a long time. <laughs> so I joined that program, and within the first couple months of being on that program, I started seeing Nancy in the meditation hall in the dome and um, just struck up a lovely friendship with her. And she invited me out to uh, have lunch with her and her husband. And I started to get to know them and just really felt so genuinely connected so quickly. I mean, it was really natural. Like, here's this couple inviting me over to come have lunch. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> this, this is normal, right? <laughs> but it really was. Okay, so Nancy, now on your end, you had met Kelly. And let's go to you and talk about what your perceptions were of the feeling you had around Kelly and some of the things you were just sort of noticing about her. When I first started seeing her, it was kind of from a distance, you know, we weren't, we hadn't met yet, but I was attracted to her. Um, she's a, a beautiful young woman, as you can see, and has lots of light <laughs> in her. And um, so I just had an attraction. I thought, I want to meet her, you know, and one day it happened, we were in the same space, and so we introduced ourselves. And... Uh, you know, it just kind of was a natural experience. I, you know, wasn't putting anything into it, never even thinking about Braden. Um, but it was definitely a special relationship. And there was one thing that was a little unique, a little odd, I'll say, that I, I didn't really take a lot of note of, but I observed it. And that was whenever I would see 
her forearm and her hand, there was something that like gave me the chills. There was something very familiar about it. And I, I don't understand what that is, but <laughs> still to this day. But there was something. And I, I think it was actually recognition from the past. But um, other than that, we just, you know, grew in closeness. And we, my husband and I, because our kids had grown and, and left the house, um, we loved having young students over, you know, occasionally if we, you know, felt a connection there. And so it wasn't entirely unusual to do that. But it became obvious that our friendship with Kelly was very connected. And there were some synchronicities which maybe you want to talk about or ask about. Why don't you go ahead and explain these synchronicities? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who's going to take it? Do you want to take it, Kelly? Or... Nancy, Bonnie, who's going to pick it up? I, I think Kelly or Bonnie should because, well, especially Kelly and Rick would really talk about this. <laughs> okay, okay, so let's go to you now, Bonnie. <laughs> okay, I, uh, well, first of all, I was just so surprised when Kelly said she was going back to Fairfield, Iowa. She graduated from college and, and got a wonderful job in Santa Barbara and was on her way into environmental studies. And she worked for a year and all of a sudden said, Mom, I have to quit my job. I'm getting a calling. I am being told I have to go back to Fairfield, Iowa, and meditate. And I, and her dad and I looked at each other and went, okay, <laughs> whatever, you know, you just have to, have to follow your path. So she went back there, and we were in touch a lot, obviously, via email and telephone calls, and she told us about this beautiful couple that she had met and how this woman had... Uh, taken her under her wing and was kind of taking care of her. And I just thanked God so many times. She was back there by herself, went back not knowing anybody. And I just thought it was wonderful that this couple, my, our age, you know, had, with, were uh, taking care of her, helping to take care of her. So I was really excited. And then uh, one day she called and said, Mom, you're never going to believe what happened. I was talking to Rick, and turns out he is from Loomis, which is a little tiny town right next to the little tiny town I was born and raised in, in Northern California. And she said, you just have to talk to him. And I'm going, oh, oh, okay. And she hands, me, hands him the phone. So I'm on the phone talking to this man named Rick and finding out that uh, he uh, was raised in Northern California and ended up at uh, a high school in the town next to where I had been raised. And he graduated from this high school with one of my cousins. And it was just like unbelievable the synchronicity of it all and we just connected there immediately and 
And uh, not long after that, Bill and I flew out to Fairfield to visit Kelly and to meet Nancy and Rick. And it was just a, an instant connection for Bill and I also. It was just, it felt so natural and so comfortable. So that's when we first met Nancy and Rick. Okay. Now, how long before the fateful conversation came where the timing of things started lining up? And who wanted to take that one? I think we need to go to back to Nancy on that one. Okay, Nancy, you pick it up yeah. from here. Well, to be honest, we've been communicating with the three of us in the last 24 hours. And <laughs> things are a little you know, like shady, like we're not all really sure when did this happen or that happen. So I'm not going to be totally exact on this. <laughs> um, but uh, there was some time within that first year, we'll say, <laughs> where uh, we became... Kelly had, uh, you know, been kind of a part of our circle. And um, one day after she left from lunch or whatever, Rick said, he said, I wonder, I wonder if Kelly's Braden. And he just said it kind of, you know, off the cuff. I mean, it was just like a, you know, simple casual remark almost. And I just like, oh, oh my gosh. I wonder if that could be true. And so we started thinking and my mind was kind of flipping around with lots of details and, um, I don't also remember how soon after that, because we were, we were processing it. And um, we actually discussed it with our children um, and just said, you know, this, we think this may be the case, you know. Anyway, and um, I had asked Kelly at some point, and I, again, I don't remember, I think it was after Rick said this, um, when her birthday was. And when she told us, it was 10 days after Braden passed. And so that sent a ripple of... <laughs> I bet it did. <clears throat> okay, so first of all, Kelly, let's go to your response to all of this because Nancy and Rick talked about it and decided they needed to at least run the idea by you. And if you rejected it, that was the end of it. Let's talk about it from your perspective now. Yeah, so, you know, I had this lovely connection with them and we've been friends for a few months and uh, and it really was very special already. Like I, it really felt so surprisingly close and natural. Um, 
but she invites me over for lunch one day or tea or something. And she says, you know, we want to talk to you about something. And I said, okay, you know, we want to share with you about, um, you know, she had shared with me about Brayden and I already had been deeply, deeply moved by the story. It's obviously just a, such a, um, just a heart wrenching story to imagine two people going through that and a father to have had a part in the loss of a child. I mean, it's one of those things that you can't even mentally comprehend how you would deal with that. Um, but when they invited me over that day, they, they started bringing out these pictures of Brayden and they were showing me and, and they told me the story about this woman who showed up the day after and said, that this that Braden would be reborn as a little girl within 10 days and they said so when is your birthday <laughs> <laughs> and I said July 5th 1984 and they were like that is exactly 10 days after Braden's transition after his passing and I mean from the start my mind was definitely blown I mean I had I was very spiritual by that point. I still am. I believed in reincarnation. I, I was in touch with my own soul in that way. But I don't think that you ever, you know, you can go to intuitives and hear about your past lifetimes, but it is a very unique experience to be presented with the, the fact that your past lifetime just happened and you're meeting the people from the past lifetime. And, um, and I just remember being in my own shock, but it was a positive thing. And I was still meditating a lot at that point. So I spent a couple days in the dome, just in deep meditation and prayer and opening to this. And, you know, my primary experience has been that it has just felt so natural. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't like I had some big, like, ah, you know, kind of thing. It was more just like it seeped into my cells and just felt like, yes, <laughs> like, yes, you remember now. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, yeah, that's, that's what happened. And it just, it, it's felt really beautiful and truly like, like a gift to me. Then, Nancy, you had to be brought into this story at some point. And so how did you feel when this, was, when this story came to you? Nancy or Bonnie? Oh, no, I'm sorry, Bonnie. <laughs> I misspoke. You, Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it was just such a such a beautiful surprise it was just like i said just amazing i got a call from kelly i think it was the same night or i think it was the same night that nancy and rick had talked to her and she said well mom and dad i have something to share with you <laughs> i don't remember the exact words but it was just kind of preparing us and and then she told us the story, and we sat listening to the whole thing. I don't think we made any comments. We were so surprised. And 
my initial reaction was, oh my gosh, how lucky is Kelly that she gets to know her parents from her past life. That's so unbelievable. Because again, Grant, like Kelly said, we all believed in reincarnation. We all had been, um, you know, doing a lot of spiritual work for many, many years. So that wasn't a surprise, but it was just such a surprise to hear that, uh, they were Nancy and Rick, who we'd met when we'd flown out, had gone through this experience, and Kelly could be their son, Braden. One thing that, uh, that uh, this woman also said that I think Kelly and, and Nancy didn't mention that was another clue for me was that, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Nancy, but I, I think she said that Braden was going to be not only born 10 days later, but also be born in a familiar place. I have little notes written down all over about this because it's just so awesome. As a girl. But, yeah, as a girl, as a girl. And Braden was born in California in the, in the Lake Tahoe area. Is that, I, I'm, I'm sure that's correct. And Kelly was born in, in California. So at the time they were in Iowa, and the familiar place was California. Right. So that was another clue that I said, wow. Just And then the synchronicities went on after that, too. So it was, your, your husband told me when we were talking about the story recently, right. both said, well, it was a little different for me. That was my little girl. <laughs> exactly. Sarah's little girl. So talk about that for just a sec. I don't well, mind. <laughs> he 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 like uh, like probably most parents and probably like I, I had these feelings also at, at one point, but uh, it was oh my goodness. She has another set of parents? <laughs> how, is that, how is that going to affect us? She's out there with them right now. Is she going to prefer them over us, spend more time with them than us type of thing? And I think that's a, a very natural reaction. And, uh, you know, I'm sure, like I said, I felt that way too at one point too. But uh, yeah. Yeah. For the most part, I was just excited for Nancy and Rick, and I was excited for Kelly, and I was just, it was just amazing. It's just, it is a beautiful story, and and one of the things I love about it is it brings so many things to the fore by way of questions, which is, this little being knew he wasn't going to be on the earth long. Right. He came in, he had this wonderful angelic kind of expression that people noticed. Um, even the dream the night before, it was already set up that this was going to happen. So you start looking at time and space, and you start looking at many, many different opportunities for growth, expansion, learning about reality in a whole new way when something like this happens. He knew he was going to leave. His father had a dream that a little boy was going to die the next day. It was already, as they say, it was written in the stars. And you can argue about time, you can argue about space, you can argue about a lot of these kind of quantum physics realities, but 
it was in the works. It was almost a, it was, it was destined or a fait accompli at that point. And now all of these four parents get to enjoy the same wonderful entity. And Kelly, what's it like for you to have these four great conscious and very conscious, alive, sweet parents? I feel so blessed. I can't even tell you. So, so blessed. It is a tremendous gift. And it's, it's felt so magical to me this whole time that, that Nancy and Rick, you know, a lot of my friends know. I refer to them as my second parents. So I have my biological parents that I'm like, yeah, you know, my second parents uh, from Iowa. And, and it's, it's just, it's beautiful to me. I, I feel so honored. And, and again, like they say, the synchronicities really did continue. Um, Nancy taught my mom transcendental meditation, which to me was just like my whole heart exploded. It just felt like the consciousness was traveling through the system in the wonderful way. And, um, one time, you know, a couple years after this, I went on a little overnight, my first solo overnight backpacking trip. And, and I called Nancy afterwards and said, Oh, yeah, I just went to Tahoe. I went on this, this trail. And I told her what trail it was. And she said, Oh, yeah, we hiked that trail when I was pregnant with Brayden. How is that even possible? This random trail in Lake Tahoe, you know? So there have been so many of those little things where you just feel these slender threads of consciousness that really are guiding all of us and, and helping us all feel connected and more love and, and more magic about what life is. Absolutely beautiful. Well, I, again, I love this story so much, and I, I thank all of you for sharing it. And I'd like any final comments um, from Bonnie or Nancy that you'd like to chime in here at this time? Well, I would like to say what a gift. Um, how many gifts have come, you know, as a result of this? Because we have ended up moving back to California, and um, we now live after our big move from Iowa and Bonnie and Bill's move up in back into this area. We now live within 15, 20 minutes apart, and we become best friends. <laughs> so we do a lot of things together. You know, we hike, we enjoy the mountains, we go out to eat, Bonnie and I thrift store shop. You know, we're, we're very, very close friends. And that, that's been a, a very, very big gift through the whole thing. And just the connection that we continue to have with Kelly, seeing how she's progressed in her life and the profession that she has chosen in the spiritual realm as well, her consulting work, it's just it's playing out beautifully. <laughs> It certainly seems to be. Bonnie? Oh, I just want to say, I, I, everything Nancy said, it was just perfect. We, we get together all the time. Anytime Kelly flies back to this area from Colorado, we, she sees the four of us. We're always, you know, it, we're a big family together now. And it's just, uh, 
it's just so natural. It's there's no no problems at all with anything, and it's just wonderful having Rick and Nancy live close, so we can spend more time with them. And it's uh, we're just happy Kelly is on her path. It's, it's her path. It's not our path, and she's uh, she's going the direction she should be going, and we can't be happier. It's it's just a blessing. And Kelly, it sounds like things are going great for you. And in fact, we work right next to each other. You live there. I fly in there um, to Gaia. And you're with Sounds True, both of them in Louisville, Colorado. So we'll probably have to stop and have a cup of tea one day between days or something. And you're managing events for them. And you're about to fly off to India. Um, it sounds like that little boy, Braden, who was watching the angels fly and knew he wanted to be a little girl, has grown up into this wonderful woman who knew what she wanted and committed herself to this conscious path. Any final thoughts from you, Kelly? Yeah, the, my final thought is that I just truly hope that this story can be some bomb for other parents that have lost children. Yes. Um, I know that that the level of grief and shock is so tremendous. And now as a soul who can say that I made that choice to depart, to just have other parents know that there are surprising reasons that souls choose to leave and that it does not have to be the end and it does not have to be something that doesn't ultimately bring more love into your life. Well, that couldn't be more beautifully said. I want to thank all three of you. This has been just a lovely time together, and I agree with you. I hope that this offers not just um, as a balm and a sense of solace to someone who has lost someone dear to them or a child, but also an incredible sense of hope and understanding, greater understanding that our souls are far more sovereign and brilliant and what they're able to manifest thing we can even begin to understand so again i just thank all of you for sharing this really tender little story with us and um, i wish you all well thank you and unlike in other stories i don't have any website to send you to this is a story from the hearts of three women until next time thank you for joining us here on reginameredith.com <laughs>